1: Anything else about fields at the podium that you think we overlooked?
0: No, not from the podium. And we can get into some more conversation about the offense and Justin uh, through the the words of Luke Getze, because I thought uh, there was some really good stuff on, on Friday from, from the offensive
1: coordinator. Let's start with Luke Getze talking about the play that everyone's talking about the miss to Tyler Scott and whether or not that was the right decision by Justin Fields, because there's been a lot of conversation in Chicago about taking the shorter route uh, the shorter completion and going to your best player DJ Moore who appeared to be open this is what Luke Getsi
3: had to say about that balance I mean, yeah, I think that's all part of uh, your growth. And when you're going through those types of situations, you you always want to factor in who people are. That's that's a, that's a always matchups are always kind of the starting point of our week, you know, when you're putting your plan together. Um, but the cool part about it was just the way that he processed it, the way he communicated it, the way that he talked about why he did what he did and what he saw, like that's all real growth and stuff like that. And, then he, and he made a good throw. You know, his feet need to be cleaned up a little bit on that one, you know, in that moment kind of felt, uh, I think it was the left side that he kind of had to like take a little extra hitch, but at the same time he was seeing everything clearly. It made a good throw too, you know, and Tyler will make that the next time we give him that opportunity. Hmm. I think
0: the seeing it clearly part is significant, you know, because we've talked for months and probably years now about Justin, not only seeing it clearly, but processing it fast enough to, to react properly. And so, um, the opportunity there to to diagnose what you're seeing from an opposing defense, to understand what your kind of pecking order is when you get coverage A, B, or C. He gives a, his receiver a chance to make a play, and and he cuts one loose, and and the Bears don't call that play unless they trust both Justin and Tyler Scott to execute their part of things. If it, if that's how it materializes, now you bring up the point that um, you know DJ is coming underneath there. And there's an opportunity to hit your go-to guy in a game's critical moments, even if it's not perfectly you know, uh, unfolding the way, the way you hope. Um, so it, there is like a, a, a multiple choice answer here to this problem. And and it is hard to, to get a feel, you know, and neither decision is wrong. Neither decision is right necessarily. It's just kind of like, what do you, what do you as a quarterback feel and, and let it go. Um, I do think that you heard a lot of things, whether it's related to that play or some of the things that Justin uh, did as a runner on Sunday in regards to understanding matchups you know and understanding where your offense's specific strengths are and trying to utilize those even if the rules don't necessarily tell you that that's what
1: you should do i like that he referenced his ability to throw the deep ball and the fact that he's always been good at that going back to high school because it implies That he still will have confidence in that and that's not part of his game where he doubts now and i think he's right coming into the nfl that was one of his strengths he certainly put the ball where it belonged and even though there hasn't been the consistency with his throwing or his accuracy that we'll you know hope to see over the final six games that's something that i think Uh, it sounded like his confidence remains intact. So that was a good explanation from the offensive coordinator and, and you like what you had to hear from that.
0: Yeah. So a couple more things from Luke and and one of them for, for a package I do at Chicago Tribune, which won't be running until game day, the storylines package that I do weekly. Um, I asked Luke to, to kind of detail his three favorite plays from Justin in, uh, Sunday's game in Detroit. And I thought it was notable that obviously the touchdown pass to DJ Moore is the obvious choice for everyone, but there were two other pass plays. Uh, One, his first completion of the game to DJ Moore on a, on a extended play out to the left where he's got to climb the pocket, then get outside of it after recognizing pressure and then make a, a an off-platform throw with his body and arm angle off-tilted to the left to hit D.J. Moore. And then another one in the third quarter where he extends a play and hits D.J. Moore. And I think there's been this emphasis that the coaching staff has had, that Justin has had, that we have driven home on this podcast about his need to become – more productive as an on-the-move thrower. And there were examples in that game in Detroit where he did that. And so to hear those sort of positively reinforced inside the building for the way that they teach a young quarterback how to be a threat to a defense in both manners, I think is significant. And I think it's something that is going to go go a long way toward uh, propelling more of Justin Fields' growth down the stretch of the season.
1: I also liked what Luke Getzy had to say about the read option on the yeah. second down that preceded the decision to throw to Tyler Scott, even though I thought it was one of those plays that I'd said earlier this week and have repeated a, a couple times that in one of those cases, when you need Justin Fields, you want the ball in the hands of your best player. Don't give him the option to hand off, but he did address the read option play that came on second down with Khalil Herbert getting the ball after Justin Fields made the read, this is what Getty sounded like.
3: That's not an exact science. Anytime, any time, you know... I think in the, my my past and my history of doing this thing in this level and the college level, like it, you don't, there's no exact science to exactly how you tell that quarterback to make the decision on. I, mean, I think there's plenty of times throughout that game that you would say that that the, if you were coaching it, you would say, "Why did you keep that?" But you know, sometimes it is who's that person and who are you, uh, and you have to feel what you feel, right? And and I think you know, from from Justin's standpoint, he made the right decision. Uh, we got to execute the rest of the play a lot better next time. And uh, and we will. Does Justin have different rules than other quarterbacks on those? Just because Al he is with his legs, I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't say like different rules in the sense of like you get to do kind of whatever you want. I think every person has to have a set of standards for what allows them to make that decision to go or not go. So I think that that's nothing different that if if i was throwing a 20 yard in versus brett Favre throwing a 20 yard in right he's going to have a, a little bit less window he can fit in between between like But that besides that and so like i think that's kind of goes into the same kind of thought process like who am i who is that person what's their body language like all that stuff goes into it when you're making those decisions in that split second
1: I'll say this for Luke Getze. You may not, may not always agree with him, and, and certainly, have yeah, the offense according to the Bears, you're, that's going to come with the territory. He does explain his decisions thoughtfully once he's had three and a half days to, to consider what he's going to say.
0: Oh, a little uh, tech on it at the end no,
1: just, no, <laughs> no, I mean, maybe, maybe that's a little bit of a disclaimer. That's probably an unnecessary uh, jab. But, but
0: look, uh, I, I, I think he would explain it clearly even if it was Sunday night, you know, when you're going through those things. And that, that's one of the things I've appreciated because it's helped me learn the game uh, and learn – the bears through, through a lens of the people that are, that are operating it. And so that, that probably factors into some of the things that I say here on this podcast and, and molded in, but in this specific topic, I think there, there's a notable concept here of trying to blend kind of the, the, the rules of what you're, what you're looking for on a play with your special gifts as a player, you know, and, and when you can kind of use your special gifts to, to put some art artistry on a play, you know. The the give to Herbert, which is what precipitated that that question. I said on Sunday evening that I thought it was the right read and the wrong decision. You know, because at that point of the game, with how Justin had run against the Lions, I think the read may tell you one thing, but your gut should be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go win the game. You know, like I'm I'm the best player in our offense, and we've got a running back who's had a a rough day, and and Derek Barnes, this linebacker out here who's playing the play perfectly to take me away, isn't as good as me. You know, and so it, it's like, you know, Kobe going one-on-one at the end of a game, you know, it may not be the, the best basketball play, but it's Kobe going one-on-one at the end. So, so right. like figure it out and, and go that route. And so, look, I, I think a lot of that read option game on Sunday, um, there were, there were moments where, where it could go either way. And so a quarterback's got to feel that out. And as you get more experience, you're going to, you're going to have a better feel for that. But I, I thought those were some uh, notable words from the coordinator to, to give people an understanding of what was called, what was that executed and kind of how he did it. And and look, he stood by Justin's decision, the way Justin stood by his
1: decision. Speaking of coaches, providing some clarity. I thought it was interesting that John Hope, the secondary coach, a veteran guy a friend of the program, uh, obviously explained what happened on the 32 year 32 yard touchdown pass to Jameson Williams. (laughs) And it was a group effort. As as I said, it takes a village to blow a touchdown. And I think it starts with Kyler Gordon, then extends to Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson was involved at the end.
0: Yeah, so after, after after you, me, and Studs stumbled through the explanation of that entire play in live uh, action on our last podcast, I felt obligated to give uh, to give John Hoke the microphone and let him kind of talk our audience through exactly what happened on that play, and so he, he, here's what uh, the defensive backs coach had to say. Well, I think everybody's
2: got to be just a little bit more aware, a little bit more on the same page, you know, with what part of the field they need to be handling, you know. Uh, we had, uh, I know Kyler was there, and uh, Jalen was there, and Eddie was there, everybody I just needs to keep pushing up a little bit higher as much. It, it, it's, you know, it's never one guy. Uh, so all three of them have to just have awareness and, and just keep climbing for depth on that one. And, and just kind of keep, let the flat be the flat. and Yeah, and go tackle that. Yep, keep making them burn clock, tackle them in bounds, and let's, let's go to the next play.
0: So that, that, that's got to speak to your uh, defensive back sensibility there, right, David?
1: Yeah, we used to call it cash and credit. I mean, you'd be able to figure it out, and and you, uh, you you definitely have to keep everything in front of you, and you're not going to get hurt that way. You're certainly not going to lose a ball game and get beat for a touchdown. And, and two coverage and, and zone coverage like that, everything's on a string. So yeah. it starts with the guy in the nickel, and yeah, it, John – Hope explained it very well. And and I don't think he let anybody off the hook. I mean, that's just no. a being accountable based on the coaching points and the teaching points of that defense. And he was very honest and direct about it. And you also talked to him about Jalen Johnson missing the pick six, or he was asked about that. Is that not
0: just uh, the pick six, but the other one, the the wayward one that, that golf through in the fourth quarter where Jalen looked like he had another opportunity for uh, what would have been a, a wind ceiling takeaway most likely and, and couldn't quite uh, get there. I talked to Jalen about that play after talking to John. Hoke, and he said he just felt like he was trying so hard to get himself under the football with the way it was thrown that he kind of lost the tracking element of the play. Well, here was uh, here was the back and forth with John Hoke about, about that sequence.
2: So it had good rush, right? Ball came out, kind of a bad ball, and he stuck his foot in the ground and couldn't get an extra step in there just to get the, just a little bit closer to it so he could catch it cleaner, you know, as most is the way it you know played out to me. Given where he's at, is that a play that that he needs to make just understanding where he wants to go and and, and what you guys need him to be? Absolutely. And he knows that. No nobody's beating themselves up more than he is right now. And 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 I do feel for for him because uh, He's working at it. I mean, after practice, he's, the quarterbacks are throwing to him. He, he, in pregame, I throw to him. Uh, I mean, he's working extra on. You know, he knows that's something that <clears throat> he's got to continue to to grow as a player, and he's working at it. And he works at it every day. But you know, th- 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 at the end of the day, you got to make those plays in those moments, and he knows that. He's well aware.
0: At the end of the day, you got to make those plays in those moments. So that's that's the that's the the punctuation on all of it, right?
1: That's the Deron Bland lesson. Oh my gosh, the Cowboys cornerback. Every Bears fan had to be watching that in Thanksgiving, thinking five pick sixes David five so pick sixes
0: I talked to Jalen Johnson about just that today he trains with Duron bland in Fresno in the offseason so they know each other very well and so he understands kind of the opportunities that, that Duron bland has capitalized on Eddie Jackson also uh, talked about that because not that long ago five years ago Eddie Jackson was the guy who was lighting up TV screens with touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown, after touchdown. and it's been a long time since he's been in that groove right and so um
1: it, you know Jackson he's a guy- was in a pretty good groove I don't know if he was in a five pick six kind of grew. How many you touchdowns
0: mean, did he score in, in 2018? There were, I, mean, I,
1: mean, I need to do a quick check here. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, he had, he had, the
0: one, he had the one against the Vikings in prime time. He had the one against the uh, lions on Thanksgiving. There were, there was, there was at least three, maybe four touchdowns that season from Eddie okay. Jackson. All right. um, and, 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 and yeah, it was there for him. And so he know he knows what it is. And those guys, those guys in the defensive backfield have great appreciation for, for this dude coming in for Trayvon Diggs and, obviously putting himself uh, in position to one day earn a lot of money. If, if he can
1: keep this production up six games left, he's going to get votes for defensive player of the year. If this well, keeps up.
0: Eddie gave him an endorsement for that today saying he, he should be in the conversation. If not the front runner and studs gives oh, us the, 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 the uh, actual three touchdowns in 2018. And so I named them all for you.
1: <laughs> you did. I mean, we remember him well, <laughs> that, was, that was a long time ago.